You're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Do you often stay online longer than you intended? How often do you check your email before something else that you need to do? Do you fear that life without the internet would be boring, empty, and joyless? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Kimberly Young, an internationally known expert on internet addiction and online behavior. Founded in 1995, she serves as the director of the Center for Internet Addiction Recovery and travels nationally conducting seminars on the impact of the internet. Welcome, Dr. Young. Well, thank you for having me. So a timely subject today in Reno, Nevada, there is a couple that have been accused of neglecting their children because they were so obsessed with the Internet and video games. Dr. Young, how do you even define Internet addiction? A lot of people ask me that. I mean, when you're talking about how do you define any disorder, especially an addiction, a lot of people think it's just about the number of hours somebody spends on the Internet. But it really isn't. That would be like trying to classify alcoholism by counting the number of drinks somebody consumes. You have to really look beyond that. You're looking at people that are using it to excess, that they're staying online longer than intended. So, yeah, time's a factor, but there's also other things. It's also people that lose interest in other activities because of the Internet, or they begin to become so preoccupied that it creates consequences in their life. It could be that they're neglecting their marriage, their children, their job. And so it's really maladaptive use of the technology instead of functional and and adaptive use of it. So you're really looking at people that, you know, really have a problem that's going beyond just average use, but it's becoming harmful in their personal lives. How did you get interested in this? It's a funny story, really. It was back in 1994, and one day a girlfriend called me up whose husband seemed addicted to online chat rooms. And back then it was, you know, at a premium rate of like $2.95 an hour. So he was spending like 50, 60 hours a week on sort of new technology called the Internet. But really, in the early 90s, it was just blossoming. And, you know, what happened was she called me up, said our marriage is falling apart. And in addition to the money they were spending on the on online access, you know, he was eating dinner at the computer. He was coming to bed late, and then she discovered he was talking to women on, on chat lines. And, you know, all, all of this made me wonder, can people get addicted to the Internet in the same way we talk about drugs, alcohol, sex, food, gambling? So I posted this small survey on the Internet looking at the same clinical criteria that one would use to diagnose pathological gambling, seeing that as most akin to this concept of compulsive Internet use, And I wanted to see what would happen. And like the next morning, I had something like 40 emails, when back then I might have only had two, from people all over the world. I mean, just saying, you know, yeah, that's me. You've you've identified something that's going on in my life. I lost my job. I lost my marriage. You know, students were emailing me saying, you know, I got kicked out of school because of this. And I started realizing I hit a nerve that there was something happening out there because of this new technology. And so I expanded the survey and just started talking to Internet users and trying to understand what it was that they were doing on the Internet that sort of got them hooked. 
Now, I've had other guests on the show that seem to think that Internet addiction really isn't an addiction and it's being unfair to alcoholics and substance abusers by calling it an addiction. How do you address that? I think in general the medical profession hasn't come up with, I think, one standard definition of addiction. You hear words compulsive and addiction used interchangeably. Some people refer to addictions only as drugs and alcohol, but some you know, studies in the literature talk about gambling addiction and talk about food addiction and sex addiction. So I think we've just done a bad job with the word because it it can be overused. The bigger issue is going and taking a step beyond that, saying does it meet some clinical criteria that, that we have acknowledged that is like, say, pathological gambling. And you say, well, yeah, it has. I mean, people exhibit these exact same symptoms or even when you look at what has been defined as addictive use, I mean, you know, people developing a tolerance and going through a type of withdrawal, whether emotional or physical, start realizing, you know, this has those components. Do you really see the same kind of problems in people's life as a result of their Internet use as you might see with substance abuse? I do. I mean, when you look at and compare substance abuse with Internet addiction, you're probably not looking at the same physical elements. You know, you're not going to get thrust to the liver by using the internet, but by the same token, the more psychological or social kind of problems that you'd see, whether you're talking about alcoholism or internet addiction, are, are the same. I mean, people can, you know, get divorced over internet addiction. People can lose their jobs. Students can fail school. So with all that being said, you know, whether you're talking about substance abuse or whether you're talking about, about the internet, it seems to have the same problems as a result. Well, certainly this case in Nevada sounds just like a story you would hear from a a meth couple that they spent their whole inheritance money on computer equipment and a plasma TV and, and didn't care for their kids because they were busy playing these games on the internet. Well, you know, early on, even in the early 90s when I started studying this, there were some media stories and people I met that had used the Internet to the point that they neglected the basic welfare of their kids. There was a, an early story out of Cincinnati, a woman named Sandra Hacker, and she was arrested on three counts of endangerment. She had three toddlers at home, and basically around her computer it was neat and clean, and they were living literally in, in their own filth. She had completely neglected caring and feeding for her children because of the Internet. You might start seeing more stories like this because it can become so so overriding. Now, are there gender differences? Do you see this more with women or with men? I think regarding gender, it seems to be more of an issue on what people get addicted to on the Internet. For example, I mean, it, it tends to follow somewhat stereotypes. You have men that are more likely to look at pornography on the Internet versus women who might be more engaged in sex chat rooms. So the men are more visual. They're looking at at pictures and images and maybe even webcams versus women that are much more into developing relationships in online chat rooms and then engaging more in sexual dialogue and talk. Beyond that, it seems that women are more likely to get hooked on things like maybe eBay and the idea of online auction houses than men versus men who might be more hooked into online gambling. And, you know, they like the casinos and the action. And, you know, this is probably a bigger problem even among teenagers and teenage males 
in terms of the gambling. And so you, you see the gender differences related to the activities or the applications, which in and of itself is pretty interesting, but it does. It tends to follow the stereotypes. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is international Internet addiction expert, Dr. Kimberly Young. We are discussing Internet addiction. So was Internet addiction first identified then in the 90s? Yes. The first paper I did at the American Psychological Association was in 1996, and it was entitled Internet Addiction, the Emergence of a New Disorder. And it documented over 600 case studies that I had done between 1994 and 1996 on Internet addicts. And it was really, again, using the clinical criteria for compulsive gambling, modifying that as a, as a standard to diagnose or classify subjects, and then it expanded it to try to understand, you know, what were they doing on the Internet? What was the kind of problems they were experiencing? Were there similarities in the people that I was seeing? And that created quite a stir. I went from somebody just kind of studying this in isolation to sort of really having a national platform very quickly just because of the the magnitude, I think, of what was going on. You had everybody trying to get on the Internet, and then here was a psychologist at, at the American Psychological Association saying, but you know what, maybe it has some addictive potential. It was seen, I think, early on as a, a pretty uh, powerful statement. Now, the AMA recently backed away from a proposal designating at least video game addiction as a mental disorder. Do you think it is a mental disorder? Should, should we recategorize this? Well, I think what happens, I mean, in terms of including it, say, in the DSM or other clinical manuals, I mean, there's, there certainly is a time factor, meaning that from the time that, say, pathological gambling was first identified to the time that it was actually included in the DSM, it was decades of research that really supported this, could understand this, and then said, yes, this is clearly a distinct mental disorder. Same thing with the Internet, except the problem with the Internet is it's rapidly growing. It's accelerated in the sense that you have young people getting online. I mean, you have toddlers learning how to use the Internet before they learn how to read, and the mental health field is sort of catching up with it. So there's that component, but you also just, it's still very new, and I think the fact that we're even having these discussions at, say, the AMA looking at video game addiction says a lot, that they are debating it, that they're looking at this because they're seeing enough case studies on this that they think it may be warranted, but it still may take a little bit of time before it becomes an official category in and of itself. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is international Internet addiction expert, Dr. Kimberly Young. We are discussing Internet addiction. Now, many of our listeners are primary care physicians seeing children and adults. Is this something we should think about screening for in in the general population? What would you recommend? Well, absolutely. When I do speak with clinicians and therapists, I always say, you know, one of the things that we don't ask about is computer use with children. I mean, if you're working with children and adolescents, it seems like a natural thing to start talking with them about what it is that they're doing online. How many hours a day would they estimate? Are they text messaging their friends? How often do they text message? I mean, part of the technology is all around children and adolescents today. But the issue is also then asking some questions about, well, 
you know, is it a problem? Have others complained about how long you stayed online? Have you ever lied to your parents about what you're doing on the Internet? I mean, some basic guidelines, I think, would help clinicians be able to assess something about a child's computer use to help guide them. I mean, because a lot of times it's mixed in with other problems. I mean, a child might present with depression, but then the clinician's discovering that they're spending 12 hours a day playing World of Warcraft or some other online game. So it, it usually is mixed in with some other problems. So it would be helpful to screen for computer use. In adults as well? I agree, yes, with adults as well. A lot of times people might present with marital problems, and then you discover, oh, my husband met a woman on the Internet. I mean, that's where it really started from. So you're trying to understand... I mean, it became a real-life affair, but where was the origin of that? So I think there's a lot of issues that, because computers are becoming so salient in our daily lives, it's really an important thing to just screen for. Well, I want to thank our guest today, the director of the Center for Internet Addiction Recovery, Dr. Kimberly Young. We've been discussing the realities of Internet addiction. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233 the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.